Encinas. I'm one of the state directors for the Arizona Youth Climate Strike, and this is Stars Strike Stories. Well, thanks for being on the show, Brian. Yeah, um, of course. It was quite hard to get you on the show, though. Yeah. I have to admit, it was back and forth, but here we are. Finally, yeah. Finally <laughs> made it happen. happen. Finally made it happen in, in, in beautiful Glendale. It's a good day today. And yeah, we were talking about that a little bit as of right now, and we were saying, like, you guys blew up over the last couple of weeks, you can say. You really gained a lot of attention with Climate Strike Arizona. Yeah, so we definitely have, especially after the September 20th climate strike. So it's been um, a few months since then, but relatively like not a really long time. Right. Um, so our organization started last year, kind of like early February. It was like five of us in Phoenix. By the time we reached September, we had a good team in both Phoenix and Tucson. And mm. moving now towards Earth Day, we have you know teams in over 10 different cities and towns in Arizona. So mm. we have grown really rapidly, considerably since September. That's, that's awesome. And that's awesome. And as you... If you look at the places, obviously you're really popular within the, the, the urban areas, kind of like Phoenix and Tempe, these kind of areas, but you also were able to get some attention in more of the rural areas. How difficult is it to work in those rural areas compared to like working in, 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 in Tempe or urban areas in general? Yeah, so we do have two teams um, in really rural areas in mm. San Luis and Yuma, so kind of like border towns. Um, and when it comes right. to those, it's a little more difficult to kind of loop them in with everything else. Just because, right. you know, like in Tempe or Scottsdale, like Chandler, Mesa, like Glendale, um, those are very metropolitan areas here and kind of right next to Phoenix. So we can always... Um, so that's where your target market is, basically. Yeah. Kind of like so younger have, people. And yeah, stuff definitely. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, like when September 20th came around, we did have organizers in those cities back then. But right. um, it was a lot easier to kind of like combine all of our attendance and like push all of our resources in the valley towards the Phoenix in the really mm. central area. The same thing down in Tucson as well. Every, those surrounding areas, the like Green Valley, Oro Valley, we were able to push all those into Tucson. Uh, but when it comes to like San Luis or Yuma and rural areas like that, we can't really, there's nowhere close by that's really big mm. um, to push them towards. Phoenix is just as far away as Tucson is, and those are like over five hour drives away. So, oh, that's true. Yeah. So, you know, they're kind of like out there on their own, but um, they've been doing a really good job. At least it, we just found a good solid two, three people in each city. and. Good. Kind of taking it from there. Good, and that's a that's a start, I guess. That's basically how you have to start. Well, you mentioned that you're representing Climate Strike Arizona, but can you introduce that a little bit more? What yeah, so doing? the um, Arizona Youth Climate Strike is a statewide network of you know middle school, high school, and college students from across Arizona. So we started as a group in Phoenix, and now we you know, are operating in like ten different cities across Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, which is really exciting, um, given how small we were at the very beginning. Right, right, and obviously you're doing that. Um, to save the climate, to raise awareness, I'd say, probably. Because one thing that I, I figured out, and I me mean, obviously coming from Germany, it's uh, st- here in America, it's still a matter of, of is climate change even a real thing, right? You yeah. still, I, I feel like here in America, you still need to convince people that something terrible is going on, right? Back in Europe, it's just a fact. Like, the people are aware of it. How do you, what's your take on that? That's definitely... Um very true, especially in the mm. more conservative state like Arizona. So, you know, um, like you said, in places like Australia or Europe, there's a really big movement for, um, I guess, youth climate movement just because it's a lot easier for people to get involved. Um, mm. Because, like you said, it's a fact there. You know, people actually, you know, like accept the science behind the issue. Right. Um, compared to here, where people still are very uh, willing to ignore the science if it's not convenient for them. So, like, if it's mm. 
you know, if you have to tell them somebody, you know, we all need to cut back on our, you know, greenhouse gas emissions, and that means cutting this, this, and this, mm. or reducing this, this, and this, people don't necessarily like to hear that, and so it's easier for them to kind of, like, push it aside. But, yeah, I was going to say, that's probably the reason, because most people are probably afraid of the change that's going to happen, yeah. right? And I kind of can't imagine that, you know, like, because... A lot of people are saying, well, if we need to save the world, we cannot fly anymore, we cannot eat meat anymore, we cannot have this and that and that. And probably a lot of people are just afraid that a bunch of people are going to take away their stuff, right, for, I don't know, the climate or whatever. Like, I, I can somehow see why people freak out about that. But Yeah, definitely, too. At least at the beginning, a lot of us, like progress a little more. So, you know, like, when we first started a group, it was more along the lines of, like, oh, like, recycling and, you know, mm. like trash cleanups and then you know we get deeper and deeper in with the climate strike movement but, you know learning more about the issue itself and realizing that you know like you know trash in the streets is like a symptom of a larger issue you know right. like just cleanups is gonna you know take out it's gonna make it look easier on the eyes but it's not really gonna solve the issues mm. that are really behind that and that comes from you know like rampant like corporate pollution from these big companies right. that you know like have the money and means you know invest in let's say like biodegradable materials to use the package their stuff in but they still uh, you know use these you know really like pollutant plastics and stuff like that because mm-hmm. it's easier to be, get profits off of that it's cheaper to produce things that way so so you would say it's 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 the problem is not really what we see on a daily basis it's more what's just happening in yeah in the background and with larger corporations and stuff like that so would that be kind of like the thing that you would say so or tell someone who is afraid that that, that people are going to take away their burgers or their their flights would, wouldn't would that be kind of like an approach how people say well it's not necessarily you it's not really your fault what you do on a daily basis it's more just what larger corporations do and stuff like that yeah it is a really important point to let people know you know this isn't your fault like your one mm. flight you know from arizona to california didn't make the climate crisis right because i fly a lot <laughs> yeah it's not like your individual action is important but when mm. you really compare it to the immense you know carbon footprint that these are really big corporations and big polluters have you know, these select companies and industries that have created the climate crisis, like the fossil fuel industry, you know, when we really take about thinking about who should be being held accountable first, before any of us should be piling the blame on ourselves, we really need to be thinking right. about who started this, and that's those industries. Fossil fuel had a really rough time lately. A lot of people just starting to hate it, and, I, and I, you see it on every news channel that people are demonstrating. What's the, what's the bad thing about it? Like, where is it harming the, the, the environment and stuff like that? Um, just you know, the burning of greenhouse gas, uh, burning of fossil fuels and natural gas. Uh, anything that's not any form of non-renewable energy is, you know, increasing the amount of greenhouse gas emissions we have. Mm. And those gases get trapped in our atmosphere, and then turn, you know, like um, I guess traps in the heat from the sun as it's being uh, put onto the planet. And, you know, that you know, as in general, raises our temperature, and that's why for a while people kind of selectively refer to this as you know global warming. Um, and you know, now we're seeing that. It's not just about that warming, it's about what the effects this warming is going to have everywhere. And that's right. where we you know, expanded it to the broader thing of like climate change and the climate crisis. And also caused by humans, right? It's not just global warming, like the cycle of global warming that a lot of people are constantly talking about. Well, this is only a cycle. This is really natural. That's what a lot of, um, especially conservative people say, yeah. right? And But again, as you said, science is really clear about it. What scientists are you referring to, though? Because I, I know, I hear a lot of numbers, well, they're saying 99% of the science saying that climate change is caused by men and stuff like that, all that stuff. Why do you think people still ignoring that? I think it's a little easy to twist the numbers when you kind of, like, don't really define, like, 
what scientists you're referring to because there's a lot of scientists you can 99% of scientists that could include let's say like you could be talking about 90, 99% of scientists at mm. ASU or 90% mm. of scientists here right. or at any university but when a lot of people were referring to the numbers that come up you know like um, especially the number you know like the time frame we have until 2030 right. um, that's specifically referring to the science that was uh, researched by the Intergovernmental Pl- Panel on Climate Change which is uh, part of the United Nations right. and that's generally where a lot of the climate strike movement started as well you know with um, the IPCC report which is the acronym for that uh, back in October of 2018 the, the problem is with scientists and, and science is that basically every party now has their own form of poll you know scientists say this is that and scientists is this and that it's, it's kind of weird because there's polls for everything and if once you have a poll you can make an argument right like yeah. once you have that kind of background it's like easy but i don't know how to get out of it like i don't know what to trust though and and but again there has to be some form of credibility right there has to be a scientist or a poll has to be credible in 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 some shape or form but coming back to kind of like the the roots of um arizona climate strike is when was did you experience like one certain event maybe where you thought okay now it's time to action where you personally said right i want to have an impact on that um, I think a lot of it for us as well over the summer is kind of also when we started picking up a little more ground and movement um, We took a step back from all the events and started focusing more on reaching out to people mm. And you know what happened over the summer was uh, we kind of saw more of the effects in the climate crisis here in Arizona with the rising temperatures and stuff like that True. and more of the tying in the corporate responsibility with that with um, If I don't know if you saw on the news, it was a really big story for quite a few weeks. Uh, Stephanie Pullman who was a uh, um, elderly woman here in Phoenix. I think she was actually from either Peoria or Surprise or Glendale, somewhere mm-hmm. in the West Valley. Okay. Uh, APS customer um, who had her electricity shut off um, to her house because she was short $51 on her bill. Oh. Um, and she actually died uh, as a result of the excessive heat that Jeez. followed because, uh, you know, without the electricity in the middle of the summer in Arizona, the temperature was a little bit extreme and, you know, she didn't have air conditioning or anything like that to protect Jeez. her from that. So she died as a result of that. And, you know, for an immense company like APS who's supplying all this electricity to us to cut our bill right. for $51 in the middle of the summer, knowing that basically it's a death sentence for elderly people or right. anyone else in a vulnerable Jeez. population, you know, like children or young people or um, elderly people are especially susceptible, you know, to heat exposure. Impossible like to hold them accountable for that, right? Because they're, they're probably just just winning everything. No, that's hard. That's really hard. Especially, yeah, here in Arizona, I, I, I also felt it back home in Germany. It was a really hot summer. I remember that. And as it got hotter every day, I was talking to my mom and I said, imagine you're living in a, in a world where that is the status quo every day. Like every day you wake up, you can't even go outside. You can't. But there's also a point you mentioned 2030 seems to be quite an important date for, for the whole climate strike movement and stuff like that. Um, and then there's other people saying, well, we only have 10, 11 years left on this planet. Some people say 17. I don't even know the numbers. Like there's different numbers all over the world. Um, but do you think it's a, there's also a really hysterical factor to all that? Like, do you see what I'm, yeah. what I'm trying um, to get? Definitely a lot of times when people say, you know, um, I think it's important when you're phrasing the things and you say like, we only have 10 years left to fix the issue. Um, how you word that is really important and how people mm. take it. And when you talk about this uh, hysterical aspect of that, you know, when you say 10 years left, some people take that as, you know, we have 10 years left and we're all going to die. Like, it's not like right. it's going to be an instant thing where, you know, 20, 30 hits and we haven't done anything and, like, we're all dead. Mm-hmm. That's not really, it's more of, you know, 
Um, I'm not really an expert in science per se. You know, I'm a freshman at ASU. I right. haven't studied this extensively as scientists have, but you know. What's your major then? I'm a sustainability and political science double oh, major. Okay, cool. Um, but you know, a lot of scientists talk about feedback loops where, let's say, you know, we see this global warming that's causing, you know, the ice caps to melt and all these things and, you know, uh, the north and south poles to these immense glaciers are mel- melting. And I'm sure you've heard people talk about, you know, like, oh, like um, bacteria, viruses that were frozen millions of years ago mm, are kind of going to be resurfaced. Right. And also in the ice is you know, a lot of greenhouse gases, methane and other carbon dioxide that was frozen from, you know, the course of millions and millions of years. Um, and as that continues to melt, once I guess we reach a tipping point where uh, this temperature rises to a point where all this starts to melt and release all these gases where we can't really reverse this. And, you know, these once we reach a point where once we pass that, there's no way to essentially stop you know, the glaciers are melting and releasing all these gases. Right, and, and then we're all screwed. It right. really, really exacerbates <laughs> yeah. the issue. You know, more and more gases than we can ever produce on our own is going to be released in addition to what we produce. Right. And that's kind of 2030 is where scientists have marked that is the tipping point. Because you hear people screaming, oh, we only got 10 years left and stuff like that. Five years, we're all going to die. And and I know I I obviously see it's a really, really tough issue. Like, it, it's, it's really important that it needs to be addressed and i'm super glad that there's people out there that are doing it you know because because uh, it's a hard thing and and but again i figured that over the last couple of weeks also um this whole movement um, maybe some people just really are against that whole movement because of a lot of people are hysterical and and and, and, and outraged a lot i guess yeah um, that's definitely a big part of it is, you know, a lot of organizers and people that kind of open their eyes to the science and you know what the reality of it is. Like mm. a lot of people get really anxious or you right. know, get hysterical. Of course. It's like a really big source of like, oh, like when you tell someone like, oh, like there's a possibility in 30 years that, you know, there are 10 years that if we don't do something now, like mm. there won't be a livable future for you or your kids or your grandkids. So, you know, it's something that's a really big thing to absorb and handle and talk about. So. Um, for a lot of people, it can be easier to look the other way, even if they know kind of consciously that this is what we're facing. Right, and obviously that's 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 the way to go. I'm just a little bit afraid that the whole discussion kind of drives away from the main point, which is saving the climate, and not towards a hysterical and and an outraged group of people that are just I don't know being obsessed about a lot of things you know like and and i feel like that would kind of like harm the image of the whole movement you see what i'm yeah. saying um another thing that kind of like caught my attention was in your guys's instagram description it says something about bold climate action what do you mean by that like yeah what's a bold climate action for you so bold climate action is taking a step beyond just you know when people when people think climate action in cities they think more about you know recycling programs, you know, putting recycling places mm. in schools and improving recycling. That's a word that's a lot, recycling and waste management, stuff like that. Um, but a lot of people don't really address, you know, where a lot of the waste comes from and, you know, reducing the city's own carbon footprint. So, you know, for example, Flagstaff and Tempe are the two cities, the only two in Arizona that have climate action plans, which are really great mm. steps, although they can go a lot further. Um, you know, they outline how they're going to plan for resiliency to adapt to the effects of the climate crisis as they affect their cities. They talk about how, um, you know, in Tepe specifically, they talk about how they want to improve uh, renewable energy standards when they're constructing new buildings, um, improve renewable energy use like solar on rooftops and stuff like that when they're talking um, construction, especially with Tepe being such a really growing city right. economically. Right. Uh, they talk about how they want to you know, electrify their bus fleet and reduce the greenhouse gas emissions mm. from their transportation. So um, there is actually uh, like some some form of achievement from, yeah. from you guys pushing kind of directly into the government and stuff like that dude yeah we have been working with the city of tempe as well on the climate oh, action plan yeah. and kind of 
about pushing them to go further and further as right. much as they can. Right. Um, but there's a really stark difference between, you know, climate action and climate justice when you think about, you know, we also have to keep in mind, you know, while we're thinking about mitigating the effects of the climate crisis before we feel it, there's mm -hmm. already populations in Arizona that are feeling it. You know, uh, people that are True. working class and are struggling to afford electricity, people like elderly Stephanie, women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are people say, that, you know, while we're thinking about preventing ourselves from feeling it, mm. there are people who are feeling it already. You know, the homeless right. population in Arizona True. and Tempe, there's a really big one in Tempe. Mm. And, you know, during the summer, they're basically left out there in mm. the heat, you know, day or night, they're left out there exposed to, you know, the elements. And especially in the summer, it's brutal. And um, there's a really important aspect of that in thinking about, you know, a lot of people are already feeling the effects more than right. others. And so we really need to think about that in cities, you know, how you protect those populations mm. because they have just as much right to you know, be safe and, you know, have a future as the rest of us do. Right, right. Especially in larger cities because the, the amount of, like, homeless people is, all, like, usually really high and in, 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 in probably also affecting in California. I mean, I talk about California a lot because I just like it. And yeah. But when I went to Los Angeles, I think it was for another interview, it's like, just people camping in downtown you know just living there and stuff mm -hmm. like that and you you obviously have a just a lot of homeless people in in arizona as well especially tempe so or scottsdale and stuff like that so i i can definitely see that people are affected because it's a here's the thing like a lot of us sit home it's it's we have ac it's really nice and 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 it's almost like a trend to say well i'm for climate change but because um, it's really easy to say it's like almost like saying like right I'm against war but yeah how is that gonna make a change right so what do you what do you where would you like to see a change maybe not let's let's start with the government like where would you like to see a change within the government um, I think we really need to see um, you know it's a hard question you're asking uh, when it regards to how much time people think we have to solve these issues so, you know, what I want to say is I want to see all of our current elected officials, you know, have a change in ideology and really see the science and read it and see what it's for right. and accept the reality of what the crisis is and start acting on it. Right. But, you know, that convincing somebody to open their eyes and, like, read things that, you know, they are advocating against is something that's a very long process mm. and it takes a lot of time and a lot of time that we don't have. Right. So I think the best step forward now is, you know, right now there is a lot of really good environmental um, justice bills and a lot of climate bills that are in the state legislature here in Arizona mm. that would, you know, enact statewide policies. Um, the thing is, you know, because we have a Republican conservative majority here, they're kind of, you know, killing everything off and, you know, shutting down right. all these really good bills that would move forward and, you know, enact protections in Arizona for our environment. Um, right. So I think, you know, the most immediate the change we can do is bring in people that already know the reality of the issue, mm. which a lot of times is more left-leaning people. Which is interesting because you, you, you see that apparently it is not America's main priority, yeah. um, making or or changing the climate um, the right way, or like I don't know, somehow working on it. It doesn't seem like it's a top priority, and it's really funny to see because it's I don't I don't know. I, I read a lot that apparently scientists were warning us humans about this whole issue for years and years and years, going back to the 17s, 80s, um, and stuff like that. And no one really looked into it, right? And all of a sudden, there was this big movement coming from Europe and kind of like this trend to to, to do something and to, to make a change, right? And then in, in, in Europe, or especially in Germany, like, if you're not really pushing climate right now as a politician, you're screwed. Like, you're out of office. You're, you're fired, right? So it's the only thing that politicians really care about back home. And here... It's 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 kind of like overlooked, right? Yeah, 
Definitely, and that's um, that's something else too. When a lot of people say, you know, as you said, you know, I like climate change, but that doesn't really have an effect if you don't really take action to support your own words. Right. So uh, I think a lot, a really big thing we need people to do, especially this year, this year especially, is vote. Mm. That's the most mm. important thing. If you don't have time to come mm. out and protest, if you don't have time to dedicate so much time to learning about the issue, it's and, 2020 guys. Yep. So uh, if you don't have this immense amount of time to spend organizing, right. you know, protests or town halls or educational mm. uh, presentations, the one thing you can do this year takes you know not that long if you sign up for early voting uh, lists uh, Pebble you can go out and vote or have your ballot mail to your house and, and, and early and we probably go like we dive into what each individual can do to we, we dive into that probably a little later you mentioned it it's 2020 guys like go out and vote it's such a big thing and then I mean looking at candidates right now there's probably only one option if you're a climate activist right um, yeah. um, and and I, I think that's probably one of the, the I don't want to get too political here but when Trump backed out of the Paris climate thing I was shocked like that that is something you you probably were a hundred percent outraged by right? yeah yeah but you know there is a really long process it actually takes a year um, to formally withdraw from the Paris agreement so he says he's right. withdrawing but he just started that process and mm. really uh, that process uh, is supposed to end you know a few days after the presidential election, so if we were to elect, mm. um, you know, a Democratic candidate, most of them essentially have agreed and committed to staying in the Paris Agreement. Right. You know, so there's that still hope for that. Wouldn't end by the time they're in office, and they could really quickly in the first day in office reverse that. Right. You know, say, you Do you know, know why he wanted to back out of that climate agreement? Um, you know, I it's really remember. just a form of. There's no real logic behind it. Mm. Um, I actually had the opportunity the other day to sit down with. Um, her name is uh, Christiana Figueres. She's one of the people that was a really key person in shaping the Paris Agreement. And, oh, you know, um, nice. you know, there was past agreements before this, the Kyoto Protocols and stuff like that from other conferences with world leaders. Um, the difference right. with the Paris Agreement was that every participating country got to decide what their contribution was. So, you know, President Obama decided exactly what America's contribution to the Paris Agreement would be. Mm. And nothing was being forced on the United States. Mm. So when it comes to Trump being, you know, saying the Paris Agreement is a burden on the U.S., it's really not that true because America itself decided what was best for America to contribute. No well, one forced them to contribute. Right, obviously, now. like, the complete opposite of what, what Trump's yeah. believing in or what the conservative party is believing in. So, um, I don't know, rough times. Who, just off topic, who you want to see as a, as a, as a Democratic presidential candidate um as an individual yeah. as our organization doesn't have an official stance um i would like to see bernie sanders mm. as our president mm. feel um, the burn feel the burn yeah <laughs> i really do think he's one of the only options um mm. oh, really? you know if we really want to take into account his healthcare policy and his climate policy he is the best option all around mm. um and especially he's motivating so many people that are you know historically underrepresented he's motivating people that haven't voted before to go out and vote and he's motivating people to be more involved in the you know their election process mm. Yeah, I, th I think he has the best chance right now. I think he has the best chance because he's the only one that probably can take on Donald Trump in like a one-on-one -on -one thing. Yeah, um, and even like ideolo ideologically, like when people say, you know, they want Biden because of his policy, well, you also have to take into account, you know, I don't know if you saw this, there was a news report the other day that, um, you know, somebody, a reporter asked Biden about his Social Security and Medicare, like, um, thoughts about cutting it in the past mm, and he couldn't that. even really answer their question he mm. had a, a printed out piece of paper that he pulled out from his suit that his campaign prepared for him he's you know this is for you and he gave it to the reporter he doesn't seem fresh too because his team you know can't even trust him to like say his own words right. without messing something up right and if he can't even talk to a reporter how is he supposed to debate donald trump on right. the national stage right and then he has like just so many 
things you could make fun of or you could get him somehow and, and Bernie seems to be like an authentic guy uh, I don't know about the rest I'm, I mean I can't vote anyways so I'm out of this whole thing yeah. I just really like following it um, just really like following it and I see that climate change global warming is obviously a big thing especially for Democrats and especially Cortez um, senator from New yeah, representative, yeah, right, from New York, uh, from New York. Um, she came up with that Green New Deal thing, I think a couple of months ago or a couple of years ago even. It was uh, when she first started her campaign, but she uh, pushed an official you know, resolution for it when she was in Congress. And, and, and that, I remember that Green New Deal, when she was talking about that first, the people were obsessed. Like, they, they went crazy. Everybody went crazy, not only on the Republican side, but also on the Democratic side. How are we going to do that and stuff like that? It was a really short one, right? It was not too long. I think, like, how long was it? 17 pages? I don't think it was even that so, long. It was not really even short, that. but um, mm. a lot of people were, you know, like, criticizing her, the resolution she put forward, you know, saying this isn't enough. This isn't, you know, policy. People gave her crap for that. Yeah, but Jeez. also an important part of it is, you know, like, she presented that resolution, like, was the, she presented the ideas, the ideology. Mm. Because, you know, the original New Deal, you know, 100 years ago, back in, like, the 20s with FDR, mm. that wasn't just one bill. Like, the New Deal was hundreds and hundreds of individual pieces of, like, a puzzle that came together mm. to, you know, like, bring us out of the, like, Great Depression. And so what AOC is talking about isn't necessarily, like, one resolution. It's a bunch of individual bills that will, like, each one will be a step forward in, you know, protecting our And it, it felt like it was kind of like she pointed towards a certain direction with that. I don't think she meant everything that she said. Like, the people were freaking out. Wow, we're never going to fly again. How are we going to do holidays? She wants to take my burger. She wants to take my hot dogs. She wants to take my meat. And, then, and stuff like that. And it seemed extreme in the beginning. She seems like a really extreme woman. Like, really extreme woman, though. But I think she was just pointing. A lot of people don't get that, though. Because she, I think she was just pointing in a certain direction. And kind of, like, trying to prioritize that whole thing. Or maybe just start a discussion, even. Right? Yeah. And she said in the past as well, you know, like, the reason the Green New Deal is so bold and progressive is because, like, you know, we've wasted mm. so much time not talking about this issue that we don't ha have time, you know, like, take it in small spoonfuls. Right. She just dumped the whole, like, cup everywhere. She just dumped the whole everything on it because, you know, there's mm. no time for her to, you know, take little pieces and spoon feed it to us as a little bit. You know, if she had to shock us all into waking Great up the Green New Deal, then, you know, that's what she needed to do to save, you know, catch us up to where we need to be. Right, just raising awareness, especially with, especially in America, we talked about that, it's super important. That's what Greta Thunberg is doing. And she, I, I, I know that she's getting a lot of crap for what yeah. whatever she's doing. Like, she's one of the most hated person on that planet. And, and she, how old is she, 17 or something? Yeah, I think, I think, I think she's she turned 17. Just turned 17. And a lot of people just saying she's an instrument, the people using her to like, what's your take on that? What do you think about all of that you know a lot of people say the same things about us to you know that you know there's some mm. person you know some politician somewhere here or there is you know pulling the strings behind us that we're just you know operating to push someone's agenda besides our own just just i know you're 18 years like you're you're almost the same age than greta is so so for you it's kind of like a similar situation sorry yeah and a lot of people yeah. in our group are younger than me too i'm oh. one of the older ones uh, most of them are you know 13 14 15 16 wow um we have even a few that are younger um, than that as yeah. well. Uh, and a lot of people assume that, you know, somebody is pushing us to do the things we're doing, when in reality, uh, a lot of times we don't really like getting close to politicians because we know that a lot of them have specific mm. agendas that, you know, if they could use us to push their own agenda, they mm. would. So, you know, it's not like just because we're young, we're unaware of how things work. Like, we know everyone has their own motives and we know everyone has something they want to get done. And though a lot of people are willing to do whatever it takes to get that done. So we 
act independently. You know, we have our own thoughts. We're perfectly right. capable of reading the science and right. understanding what the issue is. A lot of people just don't seem to understand that. It's it's funny that um, I, f I feel like still a lot of people, um, especially in Germany, I see that happening in Germany more often than it happens in the States, really underappreciate young people. Like... He, back home i know back home that young people and i talked about that in podcast before i'm pretty sure a lot of uh, especially elderly people say that if you're young you're really unexperienced like in the states sometimes you're 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 seen more as like innovative but then on the other hand like you're talking about these issues and then and, and there's people don't trust you or like your group or trusting greta because and sometimes with greta when i talk about that people saying like well there's larger corporations pulling the strings in the background and stuff like that sometimes i think so what so what like okay even if you're right even if that's the case even possibly there's some other politician using her as an image or something it's still for a good thing right like it's still for a good thing so i don't really see that whole see that whole outrage have you have you ever had the chance to meet her no never. <laughs> i think she actually um you know when they changed the conference of parties that was going to happen then at chile that's what she came to the u.s for um mm. they moved it back to spain after all the protests mm. and riots in chile so she i think she passed through arizona but, you know she didn't stop um, so ah, that'd be really cool to talk to her, right? Yeah, I know we know some people that met her um, when she went to LA, and then she stopped in North Carolina. She didn't everywhere; she was everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you say you have people that are fourteen that are that are working for Climate Story Arizona. That's crazy. That's crazy. But again, on the other hand, like you're not completely stupid when you're fourteen. Like you're still able yeah. to do a lot of like a lot of things when you're when you're that age. But so apparently, everyone what you're saying is everyone can action uh, can take can take action, yeah. right? So everyone, no matter how old you are, what's the what's the best way for let's say every ordinary person to to have an impact on the climate to make a change? Um, first, obviously, votes. Twenty twenty mm, yeah. votes. That's really really important. Um, and after that as well, if you don't really know where to start, you know, there's a lot of different groups that offer a lot of different opportunities for you to get involved. You know, we're one of them for the younger people, the students that are still middle mm. school, high school, or college students. But as well, we have. You know, the Sierra Club is a really great group for a lot of, like, middle-aged people and adults in general that want to be involved uh, with climate action in Arizona. Mm. They do a lot of policy and legislative work. And there's, you know, Elders Climate Action works with us really well here in Arizona. Uh, they're a national group, but they're, um, obviously, like the name says, Elders. It's all, you know, grandparents and older right. people that want to help out the younger generation what right. they're doing as well. Right. So there's uh, something for everybody, no matter how old we are or, mm. you know, what your background is there's a lot of different groups out there that are really looking for really motivated people but also in, in terms of your daily tasks what, what would be something that you, you people could give up or people could find an alternative for maybe um, a lot of times um, just reducing the amount of you know things you consume mm, um, you know right. really think about when you're buying stuff you know a lot of people like to go shopping you know do you really need the thing you're buying right now mm. like, is this something that you know you can live without is it something you know like it's gonna ruin your life if you don't have uh, a lot of times when you really think about you know how many times people buy things and they use it a few times it's you know their right. favorite thing for a while and they toss it aside they forget about it right so um just, it happened you know, to me before <laughs> yeah me too um just you know it happens know. to everybody it's something right. it's like really normal for us and i think mm. something we need to denormalize you know like not buying so much stuff Having a lot of stuff doesn't necessarily make you happy, and you know, we really need to consider that. You know, like right. you don't need everything you have. I think a lot comes down to consumption. I think that's a really huge thing. I was watching. Have you watched the documentary? I think it's called The Minimalists. I haven't. It's a really. It's you should watch that. And they, I think, they said one thing that used that shocked me 
big time because um, they said like remember a couple of years ago when in fashion there was four seasons right yeah and now there's 52 seasons and I was blown away by that number so basically every week like fast fa- like fast fashion brands like Zara H&M um, brands like that they they literally change their style or their um, fashion for the for the specific season almost every week which wow blew my mind and and that's obviously a thing with the consumption i believe uh probably meat is going to be a big thing right do we do we necessarily need to eat meat every day three times a day yeah no a lot of people think you know it's an all or nothing thing when it comes to like you, you have to go vegan if you want to save the environment right. you have to go vegetarian mm-hmm. you know even just like doing something as little as i used to eat meat basically like almost every day yeah, and you know too. i uh, went vegetarian and i uh, even sometimes you know if there's nothing else i'll have meat be, it's really a big difference you know eating meat like once a month or once every three months compared to eating meat every single day right and even that little uh, reduction to you might not be a lot but mm. in comparison with a lot of people just reduce the amount of things they consume especially meat it makes a really big difference and it's also important to acknowledge you know a lot of people don't have uh the ability to go vegan or vegetarian at all and a lot of people right. that are in like food deserts you know where it's hard to find you know fresh fruits or vegetables and stuff like that also might be a little bit more expensive if you actually like fully go i try i try to be vegan for six months right now i'm like more plant-based like nine percent place based but i remember it's a little bit more expensive like going yeah. vegan also money seems to be a thing i mean uh, doing it doing the change in climate and probably wanting everything that cortez miss cortez won or probably you guys want um how's that gonna affect affect the average joe for example like is Mr. Smith and Mrs. Smith, are they going to pay more at the end of the month? Because that seems to be one thing a lot of people worry about, right? Um, I really staunchly believe that, like, you know, the average American shouldn't need to be paying for this mess when in reality, mm. you know, yeah, they're, you know, they might have, they might have bought this plastic water bottle, but, you know, how many options do you have that aren't plastic? You know, every, you go into a store and every single thing is plastic. Right. And it, you really think about where that is coming from. I mean, it's these really big companies and these big polluters that are leading the kind of, they're, they're putting the things in our hands and then, you know, they're turning the blame onto us. You know, so why are you using plastic? Why aren't you recycling that? In reality, they're the ones producing all these products. Mm. You know, these big companies, you know, Exxon, Mobil, you know, um, Coca-Cola or Unilever that are producing all these products and wrapping them in plastic. And, you know, there's really no way around plastic these days for a lot of Especially with water. Water yeah. has, be- has become an immense monopoly for... Uh, Nestle, I think. Yeah, I've seen a, seen a lot of things about that. That almost, I think, like eighty to ninety percent of the water resources is just controlled by one company. That's crazy. And by the way, like talking about the water, I'm drinking out of the plastic water. I felt really bad. I feel really bad putting a. Putting, we were talking about that, right? We were talking about that. can we really do that? <laughs> can we really do that? Can we have like plastic balls and stuff like that? But you did bring your own hydro flash, so <laughs> you're ready. Yeah, you're but, ready every day. <laughs> um, you know, but it's really come to that. You know, like the average Mister Mrs. Smith should not need to feel that bad. You know, like if you have another option besides the plastic mm. water bottle, obviously use it. But mm. in reality, there's not a lot of options unless you you know have your own reusable you know water bottles. Right. Like that so the average American should not need to be paying for this. The people that should be paying for this are the people that you know had a disproportionate role in you know, creating the climate crisis with these really big corporations because you know. In America, um, you know, under Trump, he's been saying, you know, like he's no tax cuts for Americans, you know, like less taxes. That's what he ran on, you know, like giving mm. more freedom to Americans right. financially, economically. What a reality. Smaller governments, yeah, stuff like that. When in reality, you know, these big corporations like Amazon, you know, uh, they're you're not paying as much as they are in taxes. You're paying more than they are in taxes. Amazon and all these big corporations, they've paid nothing in taxes, right. you know, and so 
even the person who pays the least amount of taxes in America, you know, the richest or, you know, actually bad example, you know, the poorest people in America that are paying, you know, these really big amounts of taxes compared to how much they're earning mm. are still paying more than Amazon, you know, makes billions of dollars right. every single year. You know, Jeff Bezos is, how do, I don't even know what you do with that much money. Right. It's, it's, it, I think with Jeff Bezos, when people say he has too much money, I think it's fair. I think we, we can't really say when's the point. Like, I, I don't want to be that guy who tells Jeff Bezos, hey, you have too much money because he started up with his own idea. He worked probably really hard for it. But just the fact he's not paying any tax. And I heard about that before. A lot of Democrats are running on that. It's shocking. Well, taxing the wealthy people, you would say, would be an option to... Um, to, 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 to help out. You know, I think, um, well, I might not support Elizabeth Warren. She makes a really good point in mm. how she explains this kind of thing. Because, um, you know, I really support Bernie, but if I if it came to it, I wouldn't mind supporting Warren either. Mm. Um, you know, she her wealth tax, the way she explains it, you know, like she would tax them two cents in every dollar. Right. Um, you know, the way she explains it, I think it really is easier to take than a lot of other policies. Mm. It's really easy to, like, absorb. And that, you know, she says these big places like Amazon, you know, they're delivering their product on roads that we're all paying for with our taxes. Right. They're, you know, using roads that we all paid for. They're going over bridges that we all paid for to build. They're using, um, you know, their product is being protected by police that we're all paying their salary with taxes. You know, sure. everything they, yeah. all these um, tools they use to make their own product, you know, is being supplied by our own taxes. Like, what road? For a company that yeah. doesn't pay taxes, yeah. that seems odd. Like, that's, so, you know, that seems really doesn't odd, yeah. seem fair. You know, they would contribute right. a little of their money. You know, and a little of their money to them is a little, but for us, it'd be millions and billions mm. of dollars. You know, it's a lot of money for us. In comparison for them, it's not that much. So they should be contributing back to, you know, ensure that everyone has that start. Everyone has the opportunity to, let's say, you know, have the same success Jeff Bezos does. Right, right. And, and taxation is just a weird thing here in this country, right? Like, if you say, well, I'm going to tax you 2% more, the people freak out. Like, the, the Americans, they don't like paying tax. Nobody likes paying taxes. But just, like, looking at European countries, again, um, in, in Germany, it's just really different. This, like, more taxes are being charged yeah. to to the upper class and stuff like that. But here in America, I think, like, if you run on policies where you probably would say, hey, I'm going to charge you more as an average Joe, you're not going to succeed because yeah. it's just part of the mentality that people like to have freedom, which is a good thing. And it's I think it's a lot of times, too, you know, when you talk about people like Bernie Sanders who are running things like Medicare for All, the right. Bernie Deal, people say it's so expensive, you know, who's paying for that? And right. A lot of times, you know, like, in even in our city elections locally, people will say, you know, like, we'll complain about the roads, you know, why won't someone fix these roads? Like, when are someone going to mm. fix the streetlights? But, you know, when people talk about, like, socialism, it's like, oh, you want stuff for free, you want this and that for free. Every American, I think, has this, you know, like subconscious, you know, desire. They all want something free. They think they're entitled to everything. Right. And that's when people say, you know, mm -hmm. fix that road. Like, when is someone going to fix the pothole? When is someone going to fix the streetlights in my neighborhood? Who do you think is going to fix that? Where are the materials they're going to fix that coming from? You know, you pay taxes for that. But yeah. they don't want to pay those taxes either way. So, you know, you can't have all your problems fixed and also not pay taxes. You know, it's that's the money has to come from somewhere. It is definitely like paying taxes is definitely a social obligation everybody has to do. And and, and, and what America except for the rich apparently, you know, except for the, you know, these big companies. Which seems crazy to me cuz I I again, you have so much money on your bank account and you're still not willing to give away like to give up some of that money and it it seems weird. I think money or profits in general is a thing that once it gets you, you're trapped. Like it's, yeah. it's. I don't know who said that, but it said like money's the probably the most addicting 
drug yeah out there and i definitely see that right i definitely see that and then on the other hand like when i look at the rallies and I, i've been to that one rally on um when was it september 20th or yeah. something yeah i've been there seen a lot of people with with signs holding up um who were kind of like against the idea of capitalism as well right so it was like and that was something that that kind of like caught my attention as well because is it's a it's is it a climate strike or is it a anti-capitalism strike well when you really think about that you need to look at you know what systems created the climate crisis and you know capitalism mm -hmm. is one of those you know capitalism is this really you know like Greta Thunberg said you know uh, fairy tales of economic growth you know we all want to keep growing we all want to collect more and more stuff you know that's all that plays into consumerism the consumer culture you know like I want this and this and this I want more stuff everyone wants more stuff you want more money you want more this and that mm -hmm. and you don't really think about where that's coming from you know these big corporations like let's say Amazon you know all these products they have there all this wealth was built off of, you know, the exploitation of different people and different, you know, resources, you know, our environment, you know, what's happening with the Amazon rainforest and the deforestation, all these fires and things that people wanting to burn the forest and to make space, you know, so they can build their factories and they can build their cattle ranch and stuff like that. Mm. And we exploit all these different aspects of our natural resources to give us more stuff. Right. And, you know, that so again, that kind of leads us to the, to, to the consumption point, but I'd say in general, the having a relatively free market is, is is probably the way to go for for every kind of system like it's it's again it's it's there's a there's that one question i always have is it possible to still have economic growth and and take care of the climate or is that just two things that don't go hand in hand and i think that's a really important conversation that needs to be had but like right now like we really need to stop and think about you know like we have all this right now and we don't know how to make it sustainable mm. and if we can't you know manage what we have right now how do we expect to manage more and more and more mm. so like we can't even make the system we have right now sustainable so how are we planning you know expanding it mm. but that's that's obviously again uh, a thing where a lot of people need to give up things right if we if we say but it has to be a kind of like people need to be aware that buying this piece of clothes or buying this 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 every day just it just isn't the way to go but my my question probably is um what would be the way to go in a in a political system like where do you want to see a change right now where people say all right this is what we're going to do next for the climate i think there just needs to be a really big you know like change in our culture in the united states you know like how we absorb knowledge and I think, you know, how mm. we consider the effects of our own actions, you know, mm. like we were mentioning, you know, other places of the world but outside of the U.S., you know, the conversations, how are we going to deal with the climate crisis and here it's, is it real or is it not? <laughs> and that's, you know, that's one place we really need to start is, you know, if I guess we need to improve um, how we disseminate information and how we make people realize, you know, this is going to affect you, it's going to affect your kids, your grandkids, it's going to affect your future, it's going to affect the land you're living on, everything around you, the water you drink, the air you breathe. Mm. So, you know, really need to wake people up to, you know, this is going to affect every aspect of our lives, not just in the U.S., but all over the world, and other people are already feeling the effects, and just because you aren't doesn't mean that it's not real. It seems like the best way to be kind of like integrated in, a, in the educational system. Yeah, but, you know, when you talk about U.S. education, you know, like, it's not that great either no. and it's one of those things where you know like in Arizona we have the 49th worst education system in the country you know oh we do yeah good to know did the you know that the public school system is not Jeez. the best here um, you know a lot of students <laughs> don't even have the proper resources to learn a lot of them don't even have good teachers you know right. in Arizona you can become a teacher without a degree you don't need to go through yeah. teaching education to become a teacher here anyone if I wanted to like drop out of college right now you know like go apply to be a teacher 
I could in some places mm. where they don't have you know like really strong standards. But then on the other hand, there's like just just schools that are missing teachers. So it's kind of like a it's kind of a, like a hard thing to say. Just everyone who's capable of being a teacher has to become a teacher, and then if you don't have that specific degree you cannot become a teacher when you have a shortage of teachers like, yeah it's really hard to just simply say that but then i didn't know we're that bad yeah man. we're that there's, bad there's why did really i come out here <laughs> why did the university I come system it's a little Jeez. different but you know public school system middle school elementary school high schools here yeah. it's really hard to, you know like a lot of districts don't have a lot of resources and mm, it's really hard to yeah, get those resources yeah, you yeah. know like the same conservatives that are saying you know like how are you going to pay for this and that you know like why are you going to make the American people pay for that? Right. You know, in Arizona, they're giving these big tax breaks to all these different corporations, different companies, because they want to, you know, improve economic growth in Arizona. Mm. But, you know, uh, our Republican, um, I think near this district we're in right now, Callie Townsend, or um, actually it was Kate Brophy McGee, put a bill into the legislature saying, you know, she wants to give more money to schools and teachers by increasing the sales tax. So basically mm. making yeah. the people pay for, you know, right. that education. Right. In reality, you know, she's still not making these big companies and corporations and it's still the average Joe who and that's exactly what she's running right the opposite she's running on the opposite she's saying you know as a lot of republicans running you know like these democrats are trying to tax the people they're trying to make you pay more taking your money away and you know what is she doing right now she's taking your money away right instead of you know holding these big companies accountable interesting interesting well voting is going to be it's going to be a big thing this year it's an yeah. exciting year coming up it's it's a really exciting year coming uh, coming up um What's next for, for you guys' uh, organization? What's next um, for Climate Strike? Arizona? Earth Day is going to be the next thing we're really, really pushing. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be putting all of our resources across the state into, you know, planning Earth Day action. So nationally, all the big groups, you know, Zero Hour, U.S. Youth Climate Strike, Sunrise Movement, Fridays for Future, um, it's going to be three days of climate action starting on Earth Day. So Earth Day and then the Thursday after then the Friday that week, uh, it's going to be those big three days. Um, here in Arizona, we're trying to figure out uh, Friday is also the first day of Ramadan, so we want to make sure it's accessible to people. So in Arizona, we're probably going to be doing Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mm. rather than Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And you guys are like um, expecting way, a lot of people coming? Or? Yeah, I think more than the so other that, strikes, since it's generally just oh, the yeah. occasion to Earth Day. A lot of people, that's the day. Earth Day is when a lot of people post on Instagram yeah. the Earth Day, right? You know, <laughs> instead of just posting on your Instagram story, like some cute little graphic or a picture of a bird. Please you know, don't. Yeah. Don't. You can, but if you're also going to do that, you know, come out to an event or come exactly. out to a climate strike. Do more than just, Preach. yeah, do more, you know, put your actions into words, you know, put your money where your mouth is and you yeah. know, come out and donate to an organization that's doing work or come out to an event or do something, you know, like have a voter registration drive at your school. There's so many things mm. you can be doing on Earth Day rather than just, you know, pretending you care about the planet by posting their Instagram story. Do you think there's a lot of people out there that go on you guys as really? Just to put um, that in their like Instagram highlights and stuff like that? Yeah. Do you think, think there's people out there? I think there's people that just come to get a picture of their sign and then go, but you know, if, <laughs> if that's what you need to do to come out to an event, you know, like every person that come out, comes out there, it just shows that there's one more person that cares about the issue. Right. And even if they have different right. reasons for caring about it, you know, like mm. if it will make a cute Instagram picture, then okay. <laughs> but as long as you're showing up to show your support. Right. And and, and obviously a, a protest feeds of a lot of people just being there so no yeah, matter why the person, heck you're there just this makes the entire event more powerful so no matter why you're coming as long as you're there and standing with everyone else who cares right. about the issue it's important that you're there might as well have that cute little Instagram picture though. yeah because I, I I know like in Fridays for Future in Germany it was a big thing when the when the kids um, high school kids just didn't show up for school anymore on Fridays right and then there was a lot of especially conservative um, even liberal people saying that um, well, they just want to ditch school. 
That's yeah. why they go to the protest. And then and, and on the other hand, though, well, a, a protest is only going to be effective if it's kind of like... Um, Disrupting, like, you know, like the day-to-day life. The norm, right? If, if there's a reason why, like, people need to be outraged about a riot or... or yeah, and I know like if, um, if you were here last year, I'm sure you saw, you know, the Red for Ed protest with mm, all the teachers. Yeah. And I think that's more along the lines of what we're shooting for. So, uh, you know, that's, we're still planning it out, but we're going to be tying more than just the students in this time. Mm. We're going to be reaching out to the labor unions, we're reaching out to the teachers unions. You know, we want to have at least one day that's, you know, this immense disruption because that's what we really need. We need to shock a lot of our people, you know, into realizing what the issue is. And the only way we can do that is, you know, the teachers did it last year. They showed us, they set the example, you know, when they stopped coming to school to teach right. the students, right. they, you know, the state was forced to meet their demands, but what do they need to leave the kids without teachers for, you know, the rest of the school year? Right. So, you know, that's really what we need to do. We need to show them that. Break know, the taboo. Yeah. That, and that's what the, that's what the high school people, uh, high school students were doing, just, just breaking that taboo. And, and again, so always a big thing that interests me is, um, where are the biggest struggles that you guys are facing right now? Cause I, I can see there's probably a lot. Uh, yeah. It's more just along the lines of, you know, like, continuing to reach out to other kids. Because even, like, even among young people, like, there's sometimes, you know, there's some people that are more conservative and, you know, mm. also say the same things that, you know, they're taught by their parents, you know. It's not real or, you know, this isn't real, you know, that we're not, you know, like, you guys are crazy. You know, Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Arizona is a very conservative state. So, you know, compared to, you know, these uh, movements that are also going on, like, New York mm. or California or Los Angeles. Yeah. It's a lot different. In how You'd probably make a better career in Kelly. <laughs> yeah. They, um, they pull in a lot more people just because a lot more people there um, actually believe in what's going on. And mm. here in Arizona, especially, right. you know. Our education system doesn't help, you know, kids really realize what's going on around them either with how mm. bad it is. So it's a little more difficult, you know, to talk about science when a lot of times, you know, a lot of kids just don't believe in it at all and are, will choose to ignore it. Well, I think it's a perfect, perfect time to wrap up that interview. It was, it was really great having you on the show. If you could just probably give maybe a couple of few extra tips and tricks how we all could make a change or we all could do something. Yep, so kind of just to sum up, um, first, vote. Uh, second, you know, <laughs> think, be more conscious about what you're buying, what you're using, consuming. Um, ask yourself, you know, do I really need this? Is this something that will, um, you know, is this something that I can live without? You know, uh, from there, you know, getting involved, reach out to any organizations. If you go online and type like environmental organizations, Arizona, you're going to find a lot of them. There's mm. a lot of different groups that are doing really good work in Arizona mm. you can get involved in. Um, you know, um, connect with other people. You don't have to be in, you know, a big fancy organization. You don't have right. to have a title to be part of the movement. Right. The movement is anybody who would like to be in it. You know, you can just be, you know, your name. I don't have to see, you know, like I'm Brian missing this, you know, state director of this, this, and this. Right. You know, just being you is enough to be in the movement. Mm. You have to have a group to be with. If you're by yourself and you're striking every Friday outside of City Hall, if you're striking at your school or walking out by yourself, that's how things start. That's how, you right. know, people like Greta Thunberg started. You know, she wasn't, she didn't start off with thousands of millions of people behind her. She started off by herself. And that's... She's the person of the year. Yeah, she? Times person of the year. A lot of people got mad. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people, people got mad. mad about that. It's like, oh, jeez, man. Your life's so frustrating. You get mad about that. Don't get mad. But yeah, um, change starts with every individual. You mm. know, like, we're seeing a lot of people would rather ignore the crisis or they'd rather not be held accountable. And that's where every individual comes in because, you know... You have the power to hold the people who represent you accountable, and you have the power to hold exactly. these corporations accountable. And that's what you need to realize. You know, you have a lot more power than you think you do. Perfect. Well, that's awesome. It was again. Thanks for being on the yeah, show. Yeah, of course. We made it finally. We finally made it happen, guys. And thank you for listening. Um, 
last couple words if you enjoyed this podcast please make sure to check us out on social media you can find us there under star stripe stories also make sure to share it with your friends and family and please 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 i always say it leave a rating and subscribe to the channel that's always good well thanks again i hear you guys next time bye bye awesome man